What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Side FCD Fans Podcast. I am your host, Matt Duell. I'm joined by my two beautifully handsome co-hosts, <laughs> Joe and Walter. How's it going, guys? Not even better now that you said we were handsome and beautiful. You can Venmo mm-hmm. me. That adds a little more spice to it, you know? It does. <laughs> a little spicy. <laughs> Cinco de spicy. Oh, it is Cinco de Mayo while we're, while we're here. Some, get some Margs and some tacos. Get some, uh, Everybody spicy. just calm down with your Latino temperament. There's too much of it. In the, <laughs> in <this. laughs> Dude, I, I literally like, my, I like made... Like, I know the word cringe is overused nowadays, but like, this literally was my reaction listening live to that and seeing or hearing that. Was that was to, like, uh, you were watching Di Maria's red card, right? Yeah. yeah. Were you watching it in Spanish or did. Mm, yes, I was watching it in Spanish. Uh, I guess, yeah, because that way you can just watch it on TV, actually. I yeah, you can Paramount just watch Plus. it on Univision. Yeah, you have to you have to pay to listen to people like Alexi Lalas and Taylor Twelman. We don't. Oh, we get, that sounds awful. We, we we get the goats, man. We get the goats on the national broadcast mm-hmm. in Spanish, and, and it's actually really good in Spanish too. So I missed that whole debacle. I got to see it on Twitter. He's a really good announcer too. That guy, Jim Begland, where he's one of the best color guys. And I guess it's just a that's racist. Something that he just thought. Didn't uh wasn't a big deal, and the, the, what was the funniest part to me was the uh, apology afterwards. Just for he thought it was for saying the word Latino, but that's what people are mad. I was like, I I, I use the word Latino when referring to Di Maria. It's like mm, I don't think he, I think the producer in your ear told you the wrong thing that people are mad about. Yeah, and he and then he had to put out another one, and he apologized. It's all right, but uh. It definitely brought to light the uh, the stereotypes that are so often used in uh, sports for different races. My favorite one has always been anytime a white guy shows any kind of speed, mainly in football, that he's always sneaky athletic. That's always my favorite terminology. Hard, hard working. Yeah. Hard working. And when a, when a white dude is like a dirty player, he's a, a no-nonsense kind of guy. That's always the one they use. <laughs> he's a, a blue-collar, no-nonsense kind of player. A lunch, a lunch pail type of yeah type of guy, right? Brings his a- lunch pail to work. AKA he two foots everyone and doesn't complete a pass with less than ten yards. <clears throat> he just boots it up the field and tries to break legs. He's a real no nonsense kind of guy. Anyway, yeah, and there, yeah. Let's just keep going. <laughs> anyway, enough of enough of European Champions League. Uh, I could, I guess, Walter, you're a Chelsea fan, aren't you? I am. So it's a good day for you. Not a, not a good one always, but yeah. <laughs> you know, today, today was a good day, man. Any any day you can beat fucking Real Madrid, it's a good day. I remember my dad you, taking me out of school to watch the semifinal whenever the year Chelsea won the Champions League when I was in like elementary school. I don't know what year was that. That was 2000. You were in elementary school when? What year was it? Oh, 2012 2011 or 12 oh, okay never mind never mind then that was a different no 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 no. my dad took me out and they lost to manchester united in penalties uh, that was for that uh, never mind damn. i was yeah i was definitely not in elementary school for when they beat Bayern. i was in middle school then maybe no yeah damn. Grade. i remember going to an fcd game like drunk after that i feel so fucking old when i when i saw them lose the <laughs> when when they lost to manchester united in penalties we we went to F, to a toyota stadium and we were in like the club they were doing a watch party there so there were mm-hmm. plenty of chelsea fans and manchester united fans so that was fun but uh shout yeah. out to conte <laughs> shout out to conte yeah the most the most the most lovable man in world football with the most beautiful smile and uh, really just deserves nothing but the best. It's hard not to root oh, for that guy. I can't imagine absolutely. anyone hating him. Anyway, he's uh, he's what he's what Brian Acosta dr- thinks he is in his head, I think. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get in at least yeah, one Brian just Acosta one, shot. One time, one time. It wouldn't be a podcast anyway. without a Brian Acosta shot. And he's playing well right now, actually, too. Yeah, he took a shot the other day from outside the box that missed wide, but it didn't hit the uh, the players sitting up at the top of the Hall of Fame. So <laughs> he's in form. But no, he has actually been pretty decent. I guess we can talk about that more later. But let's see. So since the last time we recorded, it's been we're three games into the year, and uh, man, about as about as roller coaster of a start to a season as you can you can get. I mean, literally, you had one of each. You had a Jeez. win, a tie, and a loss. Uh, first game, obviously, a 0-0 tie against Colorado. Not really a whole lot to get into in that one. Uh, 
FC Dallas may be fortunate to get away with the point in that game. They never really created many chances, and if it wasn't for Jimmy Maurer, they'd probably give up a couple goals in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. Second game, obviously a lot, a lot, uh, a lot worse in San Jose. It was three one, and then three one was. I was going to say that maybe it was a fortunate scoreline, but really FC Dallas should have scored a couple goals in the first half, and uh, they ended up uh, regretting those regretting those missed chances. And San Jose pounded it on them, and FC Dallas tried to put up a little late fight, but it was way too late. But they scored a yeah. goal, so there's slow progress. Happy got a goal, and it was enough to earn him a start the next week. And uh, <laughs> FC Dallas faced Portland this past weekend. Uh, must be said, a very uh, depleted Portland lineup, to say the least. In fact, you know, the the term like B team is kind of thrown around a lot by people. It's just like anytime they rest a couple guys, they're going, oh, those are B team as an excuse. No, that was like legitimately a Portland's B slash C team. They had their, yeah. <laughs> they had their third string goalie in who was like 17. It was a disrespectful lineup. Dude, I was literally, <laughs> I was literally gonna tweet the other day. I was like, "Damn it, I forgot to make a disrespectful joke about Portland's lineup last week." <laughs> like, I just realized it four days later. But yeah, um, I guess nice. we can we can we can go more into the San Jose game a little bit. As a obviously that one is the one where kind of maybe that was a something that they needed to just for the sake of making them realize they need to make a change and. We saw FC Dallas in that game go with that 3-4-3 three, three, or 3-5-2, three, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and just just didn't look good <laughs> really in any... Well, I mean, they had chances in the first half, like I said. Hader Obreon had a little Timo Werner in him that day and had two glorious chances. Hey, he scored today, but uh, I genuinely think 99% of human beings could have scored that. <laughs> and I'm including blind people in that 99%. So, but uh, yeah, what were your overall thoughts on that San Jose game, Walter? Uh, swift kick in the ass. I think, like you said, that was needed. Um, I, I know Lucci's still trying to figure out the key formation or kind of, you know, have a backup formation depending on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the opponent. But it was very bland. Like there was no imagination, um, whatever philosophy or whatever type of play style they were trying to execute, nothing was going on. Um, and I mean, it, it's always tough playing in San Jose, historically speaking, for as long as you follow the team. I'm sure you guys know how difficult San Jose is for whatever reason, or really any traveling, uh, any traveling venue. Um, and then they got Cade, you know, somebody like Cade Cowell, who's blown it up every single week. Yeah. You're probably going to get scored on a couple of times. So, um, just bland overall. Uh, and, and I mean, that's really it. It was just bland. Joe, what are your, uh, hot takes on that San Jose <laughs> game? Um, my, the hot take was obviously just that the formation wasn't working. If we want to even go back to the first game against Colorado, mm-hmm. the form, the, the formation worked somewhat well. But Colorado just never really took full advantage because of Jimmy Marr. And then we, if by the time the 70th minute of that Colorado game should have happened, we should have pushed forward and maybe gone for a win. But, hey, yeah. that's the first game. The second game happens, and you still kind of have the same issues. And instead of us capitalizing early on, they capitalized. And then the whole thing just unraveled like crazy mm-hmm. for for a formation that just doesn't wasn't really working from the beginning. Um. Once we switched back into like a four-two-three-one, you could see things were kind of flowing the way they usually flow. Then we were able to score a goal, but like you said, it was too late. Then we were forced into changing that into the third game, but I'll get into that later, um, or we can get into that later. I just think San Jose is a team on a roll before we knew they were going to be on a roll, and we were just the first victim of it kind of mm-hmm. with an ugly formation. Yeah, I think watching them uh, lose to Houston week one had me uh, underestimating them a little bit. But since then, they beat Dallas, and then they, they beat the hell out of D.C., I think, like 4-1 to one this past weekend. Yeah. So, uh, yep. I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think. I was thinking this after the uh, San Jose game. I was like, maybe beating the hell out of Houston in the last preseason game was like the worst thing that could have happened to FC Dallas <laughs> just because you know we're all feeling feeling good after that and they're thinking oh man this formation's 
it's going to work so well. And then they go into the first game and they, they, you know, like Joe said, it wasn't terrible, but they didn't create really any like clear cut chances. They had a couple like half chances. And then uh second game, obviously, like you said, just fell apart for them. But uh, I mean, at least Lucci had the, had the presence of mind to just realize, look, this isn't working and something's got to change. And, Hey, I mean, Benjihara for Pepe is a is a ballsy move, and uh, I think a lot of people were didn't think he had that in him. Um, it's it's not too shocking considering there are plenty of times where FC Dallas need a goal and they they take Har out of the game, and like last year, obviously the famous uh, or I guess infamous <laughs> where Hara comes off didn't really shake Lucci's hand and Lucci didn't take very kindly to that and grabbed him and chewed his ass out in front of everyone. So I, my thought, I said this to someone, I said, if he's willing to do that in front of the entire team, then I think he's willing to like not start him for a game. Whenever the only guy who has scored for the team through two games can start over him. But, uh, we'll see if, uh, we see if that continues into this weekend against Houston. If I didn't think Pepe had a very good game, honestly, against Portland, uh, you know, I, I thought for sure if, if FC Dallas was going to score four goals in a game that he would get one of them, but he didn't. And, uh, you know, his he's he offers such a different, so much different things than uh, than Hara in terms of Hara is more of like a hold up kind of guy and he can get combined a little bit. You prefer him to be closer to goal, but it seems like Lucci likes him playing as like a hold up kind of striker and. Pepe's just not really the guy to combine too much with other players. Uh, he's kind of got a little bit of a sloppy first touch and stuff. There were several times throughout that game where they'd play a pass into him and he'd try to lay it off to someone or control it, and it would kind of go flying away to the other team. But he gives you a little more uh, a little more uh, speed than Haro, obviously, and I think he's a better. I think he might be a better finisher right now than Haro, which is. A lot. It's, saying a lot. You could have told me this two or three years. Yeah, if yeah. you would have told me this two or three years ago, I would have been like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I gotta say, Michael can't finish. Yeah, we gotta we gotta give a little shout out to Joe who uh, he picked Dante Sealy as his uh, one of his breakout <laughs> players of the season, and I didn't it. say anything during that podcast, but I remember thinking, I was like, "All right," but uh, hey, man, he scored a goal on his. On his debut, and uh, it's too bad for him that his first career goal was ruined by one of the worst calls of a goal I've ever heard. Uh, do y'all hear that one of the dude go lasso? He yells after, yeah, it's like, oh, oh, the uh, the new guy, that's right. Uh, I guess that was a uh, oh, shit, the stars, Mavs, and Rangers are all playing on the same night. We really are running low on play by play, guys. <laughs> we yeah, if we're talking, if we're talking, one of you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, would, I want to add to the point that Seeley had been on for like no more than two or three minutes. Yeah. So that his first touches of the game were a goal, which is. Hey, you got to give some credit. It was, a, it was a pretty good assist from Hara, too. It was uh, yeah. outside of the foot pass that put it exactly where that needed to be and yeah. uh, ended up being a pretty easy finish for for Sealy, but uh yeah shout out joe for a little dante Sealy call or dante Sealy prediction so even if he doesn't score again for the rest of the year joe you still have this moment to look back on and i'm trying <laughs> to think it feels good you. i'm glad uh also we had to shout out paxton for that pass to hara oh yeah that was, it was nice. a really great turn great yeah. ball over the top but that's the thing too is that even though pepe is starting his build-up play and passing is nowhere near hot us which yeah. is kind of like if you could just give Hada, the mobility Pepe has, he would be the perfect striker. <laughs> yeah, no, we, could, but, we could just combine the two into one guy. Yeah, just yeah. super unlucky. Uh, I hope – no, this is hopefully um, promising for Sealy. Um, he might be the next player that we sell. Who knows? Uh, he's young enough. He's he's quick enough. He just doesn't have, like, the, the stamina to play 90 minutes or yeah. maybe the composure to play 90 minutes. But hopefully he's kind of one of those players that picks up minutes over the season and actually becomes something you know, pretty productive for us. But we'll see. Um, I just wanted to bring up, did uh, did Lucci get it right by going back to the 4-2-3-1 or was he forced because Hedges wasn't going to play? That's true. Yeah, I guess I forgot about that. That's 
that was, I, th- yeah. I have a feeling that he probably would have switched back to it either way. I just, I, I don't know. I can't imagine seeing those first two games and then it seemed like pretty much everyone was in agreement. Like, Hey, this isn't working. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, he, hopefully. he, he's, he switches between those formations a lot already anyway. So who knows? It's, it's hard to tell. I mean, hell he may, I mean, he may play three, three back. the back this weekend for all we know. Yeah. Well, Brisson's not going to be here for the next, I think two weeks because he's getting a screen card. Apparently that fell through to where he's not going until like June or July. So he will be here for the rest of the games this month, but next month he should be gone. Actually play though for MLS rules considering like his, well, the green card thing, the green card thing will just make him not count as an international player anymore. So once, once he gets a green card, it's really just, like he can play obviously now. He just counts as an international player. Once he gets a green card, he no longer counts as an international yeah, player. Yeah, sorry. I, I yeah, I didn't I didn't know if that was for team purposes, for team roster purposes, or you know, because we got Shun coming in the pipeline. I think if it was like a visa uh, issue, it, it would be a problem yeah. with where he wouldn't be able to play. Uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But uh okay. yeah, so I I think I've from what I've heard, Matt is getting better and he could play this weekend. I'm in the I'm in the camp of you know take your time with it. There's no need to rush anything in the fourth game of the season, especially if you know if Brisson, hell Brisson scored a goal and looked really good the other night, and <laughs> you know everyone was saying he, how good he was against San Jose, and uh, Martinez looked strong the other night, and I think I think Martinez is probably the one who's kind of more likely to be the consistent starter, just since he's the only one who's left footed of the three, and that. That left center back uh, spot is kind of really he's the only. Uh, I mean, I guess Brisson could play there, but he seems to be the much more natural fit there. And his passing out of the back, I I mentioned this in the it's really yeah, the first episode just from what we saw in preseason. He's he's a hell of a player, and uh, I'm really glad they managed to pick him up. Plus, he's really good about responding to you if you ever send him anything on Instagram. So. <laughs> I sent him uh like he posted like his uh after the game he was like the calm after the storm just of like the field with like the lights turned off mm-hmm. and I just said vamos Jose and he responded with a little flexing emoji so he's <laughs> he's a nice dude how'd you how'd you like uh how'd you like Felipe in the goal dude Felipe got an assist and a, I mean allegedly it was his weak foot too on that yeah. punt apparently he's I, a righty I, Paxton yeah. says, dude, he's yeah. a right footer. And I was that, thinking yeah, about Paxton, it. Paxton went straight to Instagram and was like, let's talk about that. The fact that it's his left foot, though. He weak footed like, a punt beyond midfield perfectly into the stride of Obreon to chip it over. A goalie <laughs> yeah. assist is rare. I think FC Dallas was the first one since Kevin Hartman, like 2011. But to do it with your weak foot in a game where I think yeah. he hadn't even made a save yet by that time. Yeah. I don't know if he made it. No, I guess you probably. Well, I mean, and, and I think that's what that's what the uh, the narrative was trying to be pushed was. It, it was his MLS debut, I believe, and he hadn't even registered a single save. Like, period. I think was the uh, the uh, the stat that was trying to be pushed, which I think is pretty cool. I think he played once last year against Minnesota in Minnesota because yeah, Jimmy he, and he played once Kyle. last year. Okay, never mind. Throw that out the window then. <laughs> but it was his like second start ever and the first time. And oh, I guess he. Uh, that's not a start, but yeah, he did. I forgot. Yeah, Jimmy. We didn't talk about that, but Jimmy was out since he's hurt. I think they're saying he should be available this weekend. I think he probably walks back into his starting spot just since Felipe did get a goal, but really like the only time he was tested and he got scored on the the Portland goal that they did score. Uh, we we did mention how weak that Portland team was, and so that's why I think it's important that no one overreacts to uh, that result just since you saw what happened at halftime. Portland made four changes four yeah, at halftime. And they brought on Valeri, I think, Bobasi, Espria. Espria, and someone else. Another one of their starters. I they, think. they brought a Bobasi later on. Okay, uh, yeah, it was there. Valeri, Espria, Williamson, and Van Rankin. Williamson, and, he's a beast, yeah. Williamson's uh, one of scored, too. Yeah, and... And of course, with the Valeria assist, and then that's what—that's the kind of guys that do stuff for you. That game changed quickly, yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, all the yeah. momentum was with Portland. They got a goal, made a couple other close calls, and I had a really bad feeling until FC Dallas scored that fourth. Because if they would have made it three, if Portland makes it three-two, I—I uh, I had a pretty bad feeling that they were going to go ahead and grab a third, and just uh, yeah. just because the momentum seemed all 
all the way tipping the other way. And that's why that fourth goal was so huge. And it's part of the reason why you saw so much celebration from the Dallas players for a goal that made it four to one. And also, you know, it's Sealy's first career goal, but that was pretty cool to see how fired up everyone was. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we can, uh, overreact too much. I don't think it's safe mm-hmm. to say FC Dallas is back or whatever about that result. But I mean, through three games, five point or four points isn't terrible. And for what we can all agree, it's been a pretty bad start. I mean, hey, there are plenty of teams where you tell them you're going to have a bad start to the season, but you're still going to come away with four points from three games. They probably take it. So I think they're in seventh right now, which is a playoff spot. Obviously, it's too early to be worrying about standings, but it's just a good indicator of where things lie now. Uh but yeah, this weekend will be interesting to see. Um, we've got a lot of lineup questions as since I guess the Bersan thing kind of cleared up some, but uh, Hedge's availability and Jimmy's availability and what they do at Stryker. Uh, Joe, what do you think FC Dallas is going to do this weekend or what do you think Lucci's got up his sleeve for this weekend? Do you think he sticks with the Portland lineup or do you think he changes things up? Um... I feel like he would probably stick with the Portland lineup. I think maybe the major change would be Hara up front just because he saw that Pepe didn't get a goal. Mm-hmm. And Hara is – I mean, if you you bench him for two games in a row, you know, he's our he's our you know mega DP salary type player. So I feel like there might be some locker room issues right there. But I can see the rest of this, the team being the same and even giving the rationale that, like, Matt's just trying to get a little bit more rest or something. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I can definitely see it being the same. Plus, you know, you kind of run it back after you win four one. It shouldn't be too surprising. The old "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" approach. Yeah, uh, Walter, what about you? Do you think Lucci sticks with it, or do you think he changes it up? I, I think. Well, yeah, I think the formation stays the same. Obviously, like you said, the players are still in the air as to who's going to fit where. Um, but uh, you know, I, 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 the back four is still kind of going to be a question mark. But I still, unfortunately. For you, I think they still start Acosta, Tesman. Tesman, uh, his service is phenomenal. I, I love what I'm seeing from Tanner Tesman. Mm-hmm. Um, Vargas had a couple of good looks. Obviously, Obreon with his uh, with his goal um, last week, and you know, kind of that speed. Uh, definitely going to be useful against Houston. Uh, Ricarte, obviously, that whole sequence in the first goal and him getting a goal oh, that was a great goal, uh, yeah. huge, huge. And 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 it's a shame that there's no such thing as like. MLS play of the week because that was, I mean, that was beautiful football. Mm-hmm. It was all precision football too, which is fantastic. But uh, other than the back four, I think we're still going to see a four-two-three-one. Um, yeah, Hara's in, I believe, especially for a derby game. Yeah. That's the kind of guy that you want. So, but who knows? I mean, he could be out by the 60th minute, and we'll see. As Dallas's first two goals against Portland, I don't think you could get two goals that are more different in terms of how they were scored. The first goal is <laughs> nice passing and combination play. And then a, a, a guy finishes it from six yards out. The other one is literally a corner kick. The goalie punts it completely to the other end and they score <laughs> and they chip the keeper. So literally uh, could not be more different of goals, but uh, see Marco Barrios would have made that goal. He would have, or wouldn't uh, he would not have, oh, yeah, made he would have blasted goal. it right so. at the keeper. I, and, and, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's going to be key, um, against the Dynamo, which Dynamo historically, I think they've had some changes in the, in their, in their back line. Yeah. They're the playing Boniac as a center back. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's, uh, it, that guy's played everywhere. And apparently he's been fossil. playing pretty well. I think he yeah. made team of the week and, uh, the first week as a center back, they got Boniac back Boniac. there. I mean, he yeah, can't be any they, worse they than Figueroa. So. No, he can't be. <laughs> um, so, uh, Obreon, man, I'm, 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 I'm loving, I'm loving that upgrade too. Cause I think, I think he's, I mean, Barrios, you take Barrios down, uh, his speed, maybe a couple of points down, but you make up for it in finishing and you got Obreon. So, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think, I think for Obreon's goal, I think the, uh, the Portland keeper might have forced, his hand a little bit into a, he definitely helped Obreon where he, the keeper was so hesitant. He's like, oh, do I come out or I stay? Or he's just standing there in no man's lands to where Obreon's like, all right, dude, the ball is bouncing. For I'll, him. Like, I'll just, I'll just tap this over your head, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that as far as, 
Houston goes. Um, let me check to see. I know they won their first game, and have they lost? The they next tied game? against LAFC last week. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was in Houston. They tied, but uh, so that's what four points through. Yeah, Houston and Dallas are literally next to each other in the standings. Fun. Um, I I have a feeling that. I think FC Dallas takes care of business at home against Houston. I think the last couple of years have been pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, indication of how it'll go. I, FC Dallas seems to lately kind of dominate Houston, especially at home. Uh, we've seen some pretty good beatdowns recently, and I don't think it'll be. It's not going to be like a five nil or five one like <laughs> like we've seen mm-hmm. sometimes, but. I think FC Dallas pulls out a result. I'll, I'll, I'll give a prediction just because predictions are fun. Uh, I'll say 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil to Dallas. Y'all want to throw out a prediction for fun just so that can make you look stupid if you're wrong? <laughs> I'll let Joe go first. <clears throat> well, I, I hate I hate the Houston thing because it's either a 0-0 boring, ugly draw or it's like one team wins 4-1. <laughs> so for the sake of this podcast, I'm just going to say FC Dallas wins 4-1. And um, Pepe gets one, Hara gets one, Vargas gets one, and then we get like a random player getting one, like calling set or something. Like Sealy? Or Sealy. That would be the <laughs> sickest. <laughs> Super I, actually, this is what's going to happen. Sealy's going to come in in a 0-0 game in a 90th minute, and he's going to score four goals. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna go run to the camera and point at it and yell, "This is for you, Joe." Yes, sir. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. He's gonna be a good player. Um, I'm calling two one. Mm. Um, it's just I don't. It's so hard to 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 try to base it off the preseason game. Yeah. Um, I've, I've watched more Houston in the past couple of weeks than I care to admit. <laughs> um, they got that Pasher kid. Yeah. That I keep, is good. I keep talking about him. That dude's really, really, really good. Like it's a shame that, you know, if, if Kate Cowell wasn't in the picture for MLS right now, I think it would be Pasher. So, <laughs> um, you know, he's, uh, you, you got Pico in, in, in Houston now, and I can't cheer against Maxi. So I don't know. It's, okay. it's it's tough. He'll inevitably know, score, but... of course, against Dallas, just like he did last and year. Then, and, then, and then he'll just do the yeah, and then and, and then, then he'll uh, yeah. they'll have a chance to tie it up with three guys running in on goal, and he'll shoot it from thirty five <laughs> yards out and take out a child in row thirty four. <laughs> and then him and him anyway, and Brian so. Acosta came from the same school of shooting. Um, I just I I can't really you can't can't really gauge them off of the, you know, the preseason and it's FC Dallas is still trying to find their rhythm. I, I think say, so. Yeah, you can't even, tough, man. you can't even really gauge FC Dallas off their first three games either. So it, it's, yeah, hard, it's hard. It's hard to true. tell. It's tough. It's tough. <clears throat> and I also don't want it to be one of those things where we do blow out Houston and it just feels like fool's gold that everything's okay when we played Houston and a depleted Portland team back to back. But either way, I'll be excited to get six points out of two games. So, yeah, it's like, yeah. A win against Houston feels good, no matter how good they are, or how bad they are. Yeah, I'm trying to see who does it's a toss up, man. Who does FC Dallas play after Houston? <laughs> Minnesota, is that right? Huh. I mean, that should be another win too. Maybe Minnesota's not doing too well. I think it's in. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Or we're I think the slump buster. Who knows? Yeah, we could be the slump buster. That would be very FC Dallas. <laughs> So, Minnesota, there's, yeah, there's not, no way that they're as bad as they've started. They're they have too many good players to for that to continue. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Jimmy punts one into the crowd and gets some uh, gets their whole team. Uh, <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the great uh, Ryan incident on. Uh, oh man! On the other night, man, Portland fans lost their fucking minds about that, and it's it's funny because you know a lot of them are the same dudes who were crying about uh or making fun of minnesota fans who were crying about the guy punting the ball into the or ochoa punting the ball into the crowd after the final whistle and then now yeah. they're acting like ryan shot savarese in the chest on the field <laughs> just by so apparently he, ryan said that he like tossed the ball at the side of his head and then uh like when ryan because ryan i think right before ryan kind of got into it with williamson 
because uh, Williamson was holding on to the ball. I don't know why Ryan was trying to fight to get the ball back when FC Dallas was up, so it's not like Portland's wasting time. But uh, Ryan was just a little spicy on Saturday night. Uh, in the first half, <laughs> I saw him react more to a missed call than I think I've ever seen him react, where he got right up in the ref's face about uh, a missed call at the other end of the field, and then they called a pretty soft foul on Acosta. And I'd never seen him so fired up with the ref, and he almost got a yellow card in the first half for dissent. But uh, I guess he carried that in the second half and didn't take too kindly to Savarese tossing the ball at him. And uh, Portland didn't seem to take too kindly to Ryan fake throwing the ball at him as <laughs> one of those good old 20-man, everyone act like they're going to do something and sue um, right after. I, I mean, you got to give it up to Gio, too. Cold as ice, man. Didn't even flinch. Hey, Kobe yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, it was like Absolutely. the poor man's Kobe right there. Yeah. <laughs> or the poor, poor, poor man's Kobe right there. I never would have ever thought that the 2017 Humanitarian of the Year would be threatening coaches on the side. Yeah, dude. Who would have thought, man? 2021 is a weird year, man. I like to have Dallas just randomly tweeted a video of Ryan <laughs> and just the 2017 Humanitarian of the Year just to push <laughs> Portland fans' buttons. That was funny. Yeah, that's that's good social media right there. Yeah. That is, that is. Man, I, I was looking at Ryan's Instagram, and there's a bunch of Portland fans who found his Instagram and were leaving comments about, uh, oh, this is what a good Christian man you are. But I was like, oh my God, relax. <laughs> he fake threw the ball at a guy who was standing right in front of him. Portland yeah. fans and Seattle fans are worse than Atlanta fans, in my opinion, just because at least Atlanta fans are funny. Yeah, and they have more jokes. <laughs> Portland fans and Seattle fans just get butt hurt over everything, and they make the yeah, same jokes. Every anything. joke is a tenant's bait. Yeah. Every team and, is and, and just because there's like, you know, a good amount of them, obviously, it's just like it just pops up everywhere. But it's like relax. Yeah. Both people weren't really in the right, and both people weren't really in the wrong. But at the same time, if you've ever played the game and you've gotten a ball tossed at you sideways like that, it doesn't look like it's much, but you understand what the person's yeah, doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Nobody tosses the ball at somebody's head. You usually toss it at somebody's yeah. chest. But yeah. at the same time, Ryan doing that, you know, getting caught on candid camera is just going to make him look like a huge asshole. The so, bag, uh, yeah. Either it's way, not, it's I mean, like it was a ball it's just kid part of the game. Threw it at Ryan. It was, it was the of coach course. of the other team. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to react, you know. Yeah. And the coach yapping at you the whole game is going to get things fired up. So, I mean, either way, no, everybody's fine at the end of the day. But the people taking it too, too personally online, please go breathe some air go you know go walk outside I, no, no, or, or go play a couple of games of soccer and, and see see what your reaction would be yeah people if that happened too yeah it's it's the heat of the moment you got adrenaline going you're you're up three one th- four one at that point then just it just it just it happens i'm not i'm not trying to justify it like you said nobody's in the right nobody's in the wrong it's worth nobody fucking got they, hurt. They did both. They funny. did both shake it's, hands it's, right after. Like it's just yeah, it happened. Like he, he was like, he, he, like if he was really offended by it, he would have retaliated in some sort of way. I'm sure. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but the motherfucker's Italian. He's a hard ass motherfucking Italian guy. You know. <laughs> he said, hey, Anyways. motherfucker. Hey, guy. That's what he said to Ryan. He said, "Hey, I'm walking here. I'm standing yeah. here." And Ryan threw the ball at him. That's what happened. Where's the gobble cool? Am I right? <laughs> all right guys now no, we're, no, we're no better than jim beglin with all these stereotypes now <laughs> okay you're right latino sopranos though latino sopranos is a great show it's, um, that, it's that, that latin temperament <laughs> yeah yeah ryan ryan's a good dude everyone knows that it, like joe said if you've ever played the game shit like that happens all the time i got called a little turd by a coach whenever i was like 10 because i told him uh you know how, like there's just the sub there's no limit on subs when you're a little kid and so he was just yeah. subbing like crazy at the end of a game and i i said to him i was like how many subs are you gonna make because it was clear he was just like <laughs> killing time and he's like i can make as many subs as i want you little turd he said to me and i remember after the game i told my mom and she went and chewed that dude's ass out <laughs> right in front of everyone a little angry five foot hispanic woman stood up for her kid god i keep going back to the latino temperament but maybe jim beglin was right uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mentioned earlier I guess we should touch upon we talked about the the looming Brisson green card so keep in mind FC Dallas did trade for a international spot they traded like I think like 225,000 and uh, Garber bucks to get it uh, so FC Dallas should have two international spots open soon 
the MLS window is still open. Obviously, you know, a lot of the other leagues, their windows are closed, but FC Dallas can bring players in. And uh, we did have one player arrive, obviously one that we already knew about, as Walter mentioned earlier. Shun is here. They were posting uh, pictures of him at the game Saturday night, and I've seen some pictures of him training. I don't think he's really training with the team yet. I think they're just kind of seeing where he's at fitness-wise. He should be fine fitness-wise because he literally is coming off of his season. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's good for FC Dallas. And it's unlike Hara, you know, where he, there was a break between uh, when he could start playing. Oh, I guess COVID happened right whenever he signed. But yeah. Shun's yeah. coming straight off his his uh, his season with his former club, so he should. They're talking about like he could maybe even be in the squad against Houston. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Maybe uh maybe see him make a debut if FC Dallas gets a lead and you know a good no pressure situation to throw him on there. But is there anything you guys would like to see FC Dallas do with those two international spots? available uh walter is what are some areas of need you think for fc dallas um that's tough that's uh i'll defer to joe because i i actually hadn't thought about that um just because and, and i'll tell you why just because uh after seeing felipe this week i think we're okay uh keeper wise I, I thought he was pretty good i mean as as a goal as a as a self proclaimed goalkeeper myself, Joe's better than I am at that. But uh, I'm a decent keeper too. But three, yeah, three, um, three, uh, three varying levels of goalkeeping on this podcast. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and so um, you look at the back four. You can Manjoma did pretty good. Like a lot of it, um, it's hard to say because. Uh, and Steve Davis touched on this um, after the, after during the broadcast after the game was. Uh, yeah, it was against a depleted Portland team, but uh, Lucci did a very good job of at least making the most out of that, out of that situation mm-hmm. by you know playing Manjoma, um, by getting packs in some minutes, by getting Sealy in there, um, getting basically everybody more additional minutes. You know, getting people to to kind of get you know get in that that mentality uh, that that how do I put it to kind of get the wheels rolling essentially. And so, um, you know, uh, praises to Lucci for that, um, you know, getting his, getting his team forward. It, it's, it's hard because when you look at all the positions, um, I could tell you what we don't need. We don't need a CDM. I would say, uh, considering, a you know, six or a, the, I would, I, I would, would say, say, I would say six. six. I wouldn't say I, I, you would, uh, I mean, maybe I would say maybe more a box to box than a six. I would say we but, have too many boxes. Sorio is really the only six on the roster as far as like naturally. I mean, Tessman's playing yeah. there, but Acosta is definitely box to box. Where where would you put Tessman then? And is what would be Tessman's ideal Ideally, spot? As he a would be as as a box to box, but okay. they have no real seat. I don't think Sorio is ready yet. And you could see he came on the other day and had a couple shaky moments where. He gave the ball away in really bad spots and uh, put the team in a bad spot. So, and we've seen okay. obviously that Lucci doesn't maybe doesn't have the most trust in him. So, I, 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 I'd say that that's their biggest area of need, and then maybe a right back just because someone to challenge Munjoma because really Munjoma's the oh, I guess Tumasi they say that could play right back, but I, I mean if you've got the international spots. <clears throat> I'm, I think we're all kind of done with Ryan at right back. I think we realized, and then you play him at left back, and look, he gets an assist the first <laughs> two minutes into the game. You know, so weird. Yeah. yeah. So, what, what were you going to say, uh, Walter? Were you going to just say like a a midfielder of some kind? Is, yeah, is yeah, a midfielder of some kind. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I yeah. <laughs> That's a hard question. Thank you for that, Joe. Well, um, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, if we could bring a player on, I would say we need a, we need an upgrade on right on right back. Yeah. We needed an upgrade, hypothetically speaking, um, like a like a, a game changing winger and a game changing number nine. Those are the types of things that would put this team over the edge. But the way that this team is spread out, just like funds wise and player wise, instead of having one super all star level player and midfield we have like six really really good midfielders yeah and the same thing in our back line same thing in our wing spot right now to where yeah. we have like seven wingers but none of them are really like a top 10 top five winger in the league 
but we have like six MLS starting level wingers on the team, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So roster construction wise, I'm a little confused as to why we're opening up all these international spots. And my gut reaction is that we are probably going to go for that CDM just because we just dished one out. And I don't know where the other one would possibly go. I would like for them to get an upgrade at right back. If Sonata finds somebody in, you know, Argentina or Brazil that can play that right back spot and be dynamic and we stay with the back line, like a back four, then that would be kind of the ideal situation because Hollingshead as a left back, easily top three, top five left backs in the league. And when he's playing at the right back, he just looks lost. When he's playing yeah. at a right wing back and a, and a five back, he looks extra lost. I would just rather have him, his strength-wise, playing left back. We get a right back that's actually MLS starter level before, you know, Munjoma gets settled in, maybe even to Amasi. But those guys are just kind of fill-in players for now, in my opinion. We need an upgrade at right back. And if we could get it, get like, I mean, this is this is my dream scenario that we get a world-class number 10 because MLS is one of those leagues that are still held back yeah. to where we can't necessarily play a 4-3-3 pivot like a Man City type. But a lot of teams are really good at playing that four two three one with like that central star at the cam at the number ten, like your Zela Rayans, your Pozuelos, your Diego Valeris. Those are the type of players that win you this this league. And if you're gonna play a Ricarte there, maybe. But if we can get an upgrade there, that would be fine. And then Hara, I mean, he's making a million. He is a DP level salary wise, but he's not a DP level player. Yeah. In my opinion, he just doesn't have the legs in him. You so those would be my main spot. DPs, though. Ex- yeah, but uh, I would say that about Acosta. But I mean, right now, currently in this current form, because we've seen him play like terribly over the past couple of seasons, I'm going to give him his flowers right now and saying he's playing great right now because that midfield trio of Ricuarte, Tesman, and Acosta are basically the Bermuda Triangle, where if a defender, if a player gets in there, they're not going to get out with the ball. So I'm really. Ex- I'm really okay with that right now, but I would love just an upgrade at that right back spot, I guess is the most optimistic view for it, in my opinion. Yeah, you guys know I'm number one Brian Acosta hater, but I will give him credit that he has had a good start to the season. Um, he, I I worry about that midfield of Tessman, Ricarte, and Acosta defensively a little bit, just because Ricarte and, uh, and Acosta both have the tendency to just go flying into tackles and leaving out of position. Ricarte loves a slide tackle more than I think any player I've ever seen in terms of mm-hmm. like he plays uh, he plays defense like uh, like people who aren't very good at FIFA play defense in terms of they just slide all over the place. That's Ricarte where like there's a guy right in front of him and he just gets on the ground for no reason and tries crazy slide tackle and he's bound to get one of them wrong eventually and probably get a red card or something mm-hmm. but uh and Acosta like whenever you're trying to press he's the perfect kind of midfielder to have because he's he's quick and that dude doesn't pull out of any challenges uh I don't think Brian Acosta's ever shied away from a 50-50 in his life um he's he is a wrecking ball in the midfield which can be good in some cases like like we're we we're talking about Conte earlier that's a guy who's like a wrecking ball but uh, Acosta also very much has the tendency to be out of control, and he's kind of a walking yellow card at any times. And once he gets that first yellow card, then he's pretty much a walking red card. Um, so, and then Tessman isn't. I think I think he's still a little a little naive defensively in terms of like his his spots as like a, if he's playing like alone as a six and like a single pivot. I think he's still a little. A little cautious of getting stuck into certain tackles, but he's obviously so good on the ball and the way he can just pass the ball to any spot on the field as a six is really like it's 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 crazy to watch with either foot too to watch him just smack a forty five yard diagonal pass to either wing, left foot or right foot on a dime multiple times a game. But uh I think and it's tough too because even on the bench you have guys like Paxton and like I, I keep saying Cervania is going to be back soon uh, so you got to think he probably fits in somewhere um, and I think we all would love to see Paxton be a starter at some point this year then the question comes where do you put him we've seen him kind of yeah, play where do you put him? winger and in the midfield he was playing kind of i think he played both for a little bit the other night once Sealy came on he seemed to kind of move more centrally i prefer him centrally but i don't know man there's so many 
there's such a log jam in that uh, in that spot where it might be easier for him to get minutes as a winger. But then now they got like five wingers on the roster, so yeah. <laughs> they have a lot. Like Joe said, they have a lot of op- a lot of pretty good options in different spots, but, but no like but nothing that yeah, stands up. no clear cut like like game changer guys. At least not yet. I mean. Vargas has had a pretty rough start to the year compared to like what we saw in preseason. You know, I think, I think everyone, including himself, would be a little disappointed in how he started this season. But um, I think he'll come along eventually. Obreon, I think he's better than the way he started the year. I think I'd like to think that you know just from the numbers he put up in Colombia and the clips I saw of him in Colombia that he's a guy who's going to score some goals for you. You know, he's he's probably not going to be a twenty goal guy, obviously, but. I think he can no. give you maybe seven or eight goals a year, and he, he gives you an option of not maybe so much of a holding, you know, or a, or a playmaker, midfielder yeah. or winger, what have you. He's like his his talents obviously are much different than Paxton on the opposite yeah. side, but that gives you a different option. So you're not 2015 or 2014 FC Dallas where you're just playing counter with you know speedster on the wings, and that's it. So you know at least it gives you one option and not just the only option yeah, him and Vargas are very different to where it kind of makes for an interesting fit because Vargas is a guy who, uh, I mean, they're both, they're both pretty direct in terms of like the take guys on the dribble. Vargas isn't anywhere near as fast as Obreon. Obreon really gives you, like you said, that direct kind of option. I mean, hell we literally saw him score a goal off of a punt from the keeper the other day. And you know, the only guy that maybe could have done that last year would have been Fafa or something like that. But, uh, yeah, Hopefully he doesn't do it to us this weekend. But um, <laughs> so yeah, we we hit on this weekend. So so what 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 is your answer then? Oh, I, what do you think we need? If a right we, back, what is what is our name? Right back, right back, and like an experienced, a Tiago Santos type player. <laughs> if only <laughs> we had one of those. Yeah. Uh, another guy like that, just someone who can just sure up the midfield defensively and let guys like Ricarte or Acosta or Tessman or Pomical at some point, you know, get forward and not have to worry as much about their defensive responsibilities because they know that there's a guy there who can clean everything up. And I think that'll just help everyone on the field. I think Tiago Santos was like a security blanket or at a, like a lot of times to where he makes everyone on the field feel more comfortable and more confident knowing that he's there to break things up. And, you know, you can give him the ball in a tough spot and you don't have to worry about him losing it. But uh, I think right back is huge too, just because I feel like I think Nelson isn't like could be an MLS starter or maybe is an MLS starter. But then the problem is starting him requires you're not going to bench Ryan obviously. And then playing him at right back just kind of creates another problem. So it's, it's kind of like creating one problem to solve another. And so I think if you can bring in a good right back and uh, let Ryan stick to left back where like Joe said, he's without a doubt, one of the best in the league. Um, you, you bring in a guy at right back to, you know, maybe, maybe Munjoma beats him out, you know, but if he does, then, Oh, well, so be it. You know, he, plays it that's competition's only going to make Munjoma better I don't think he is like he's as clear of like a next guy to take over as like Reynolds was for like when Reggie left we all knew Brian Reynolds was going to take over and we're pretty confident in him I don't think anyone really has that same confidence in Munjoma yet obviously he's early and who knows but you know I, I haven't seen enough from him to think all right this is our for sure right back going forward for the rest of the season so mm-hmm. Competition is a good thing, and this team has a lot of it already in a lot of spots. And uh, those are just the two spots that I think that they need. They need more of. And like Joe said, it would be great if they could go get a uh, a guy who's going to score twenty something goals a year as a striker. But it's probably not going to happen because they've got a guy in that position who's already a DP and making a million dollars a year. And uh, doing that would require you to probably bench him and. I don't think Dan Hunt really wants to be taking that. I L. don't think he'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to take that L. That's his guy. Mm-mm. 
he scored on us, so we got to go get him. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Columbus is going to go sign anyone from Monterey now in four years after. Uh... Hell yeah, they signed Layoun, man. <laughs> I thought he was going to Austin. I remember when that was the rumor that Layoun was going to sign yeah. for Austin. Going to sign the Funes, um, Funes Mori in a couple Ooh, years. Yeah. We yeah. Should. Damn. What? That's an FC Dallas kid. I think we Le- lost to Monterey Le- instead of Pachuca in the Champions League. Damn it. Yeah, right. He would have came back home. Leon at right back wouldn't be too bad for us, though. How old is Leon now? Like 30? His, 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 his legs are kind of gone, though. But Yeah. But he play, he's a defender. It's fine. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> right backs are just like, <laughs> whatever. It's whatever. It's MLS, bro. It's like, huh. Yeah, we you think, play, you, think right? he's gonna, you think you think you think Higuain or uh, the the older Higuain's gonna run past him? No, man, hell no. <laughs> he looks vicious, kind of, bald man. <laughs> he looks does. like a what are those things that um that toy? It's a really old toy where like you drag the little hair around. It's the little mag- Willy Willy. Willy, Willy. <laughs> That's what yeah. he looks like. But you just put it all on the beard. Yeah. <laughs> How are you gonna disrespect? How are you gonna disrespect a man like that? Willy Willy, are you going? Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to think of the predictions we made in the first steps. We all agreed that uh, that, that gonna Chicharito win. was gonna have a much better year. I, I I think we're all feeling pretty good about that prediction already. Is he's got what five goals through through the first two games? He had five. He didn't, he didn't score against Seattle, against Seattle. Yeah, but uh, hell, nobody ever does. Yeah, five, nobody scores five against goals Seattle. in three games is pretty damn good. And, I mean, it's already twice as many as he had last year. So we we already got that prediction right, guys. So if all of our other ones fall through, yeah. we got that. Uh, Walter, our Bobby Wood versus Hara thing is still up for grabs. Is Bobby Wood hasn't even? I don't even think he's even arrived in Salt Lake yet. But uh, he's still tied with Hara on goals. Well, it's, it's, yeah, Hara's got we'll the, Hara's in the lead though on the tiebreaker of assists. So uh, there's no fucking tiebreaker. Well, that's, that's horseshit. That's how they do a that's tiebreaker horseshit. for uh, goals. That's horseshit. Assist uh, for the yes. golden we're, we're, going, we're going by hockey that's, points. Yeah, so he's got the most secondary. Uh, well, Hara's still shit. up, considering Bobby Wood hasn't played, so it's kind of hard to get uh, assist or goals, but. No, and seeing what Rubio Rubin or who is it? Which Rubin is it? Rubio, Diego, Rubio what, Rubin is the Rubio, one who plays Diego for Rubio. That's right. That's right. That's right. Diego uh, yeah. Rubio scored a yeah, goal of the yeah, week two. for uh, Colorado yep. on that free that's kick. Pretty good, man. It's pretty good. I uh, I benched Rubio Rubin. Might be out of a job. I benched Rubio Rubin on my fantasy team. I had pl- start. I was going to start him, and I was like, oh, I'm going to roll with Pepe, and uh, that ended up not working very well. As Rubio Rubin scored twice, and I took Krylak yep. out. And he scored as well. So I I did, and I I got I think what twelve sixteen points from him because I was like, Cry yeah, like, they're gonna beat him. That's a, yeah, I, the mere cry. Like. I played him in week two, I think, and then he didn't do anything, and I took him out, and he scored. So well, while you guys talk, I'm gonna look at the fantasy real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, so, let's uh, check the league and see who's in first. I know that the <clears throat> I think I'm still top ten. I was like fourth after week two, and then I had a pretty, <laughs> I had a couple of guys do really well, but then I. Like dudes were either getting like ten for me or like one. Yeah, because I smartly played. Uh, I got Mueller and Nani in my team because I knew Orlando was going to beat the hell out of uh, Cincinnati, and I think they both got like ten points since they both had a goal God and damn. assist. I think because Cincinnati is now, kind of awful. Not let's see, where are you? I think I'm ninth. When I last, I'm, d- I'm down bad. I know I'm like oh, I'm down bad. Of Church of Matthew. Okay, yeah, yeah. you're eighth. You're eighth. Eighth. That's uh-huh. that's good. I'm in Europa League. Well, I uh, <laughs> I, I, I captain Vela the first week, and then I thought he was going to be healthy the second week, so I kept him in again. He I didn't captain Rossi week one, and he didn't play either. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. didn't play at all. Yeah, <laughs> at least Vela yep. played no. a little. And then I captain Chicharito this last week, and he got two points. So, damn. Yeah, it's, I'm down bad. I think I'm, I'm like I'm down. I think I'm like 75th, and there's like 76 of us or something. There's not that many, is there? I thought there's like no. There's only thirty-three. Well, I'm probably like thirty thirtieth or something. Just fortieth out of thirty-three. Is that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're twenty-sixth. Hey, there oh you go. You're out, of, you're out of the relegation <laughs> zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm almost literally the Stoke on seventeenth. That's not good. Oh, Joe's, Joe's, but I Joe's made, but looking I made, at a playoff, I made this. Pro- uh, a promotion <laughs> or a relegation playoff. No, I made the same mistake that you guys did, and I had both Rossi and Vela week one, and then none of them played. Yeah, yeah same match in LA. So, well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we had to they get it. They score points, man. Fuck. No, they I score know. a lot what of points, dude. That's why I was just hey. like, nah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's bad. Does Messi Dallas but, have LAFC coming up soon? 
I hope so. I hope everybody's still hurt by then. <laughs> oh, here's here's a bit of news. I guess we should uh, mention it. FC Dallas is going up to 100% capacity June 19th, and uh, that makes All sense right. considering the email I was given where I said they they're gonna the league was gonna let them know in the next couple, few weeks. Uh, Atlanta said screw it and just I think they're at 100 this weekend, <laughs> and they'll probably sell that's out. That's a lot of people. Yeah, and that's a big stadium too. So that's a good seventy thousand people if they really sell it out, uh, packed in there. Um, FC Dallas, I think they've had uh, sellouts, reduced capacity. <coughs> ah, bless you. Uh, they've had reduced capacity sellouts. Um, mm-hmm first two weeks and dude it was loud in there on uh on saturday night against portland it was really loud el matador and and dvg were were killing it and having a roof above them uh makes such a difference in terms of the noise in the stadium door it was kind of cool to where behind me i sit pretty close to them but it sounded like there were drums behind me like bounce because it was just the sound bouncing off the wall back behind my section so it there's like sound coming from the side of me and from behind behind me. It was really loud in there and all the people around me were getting into it in terms of clapping along and stuff like that. And <clears throat> obviously that's good. Makes it makes it a lot easier to, for people to be loud whenever your team's scoring four goals as opposed were, to were the zero. were the were the bougie people over at the uh, Hall of Fame seats getting in on it too? It looked like it. I saw I looked over and saw mm, some clapping good. and stuff like that. But yeah, right. people people seem to really like the go Dallas go. That's always a, a crowd pleaser. That's a, that's a that's a that's a tried and true banger, man. I've I've suggested to uh, a couple of the leaders of those groups that they maybe do it in like the 80th minute as opposed to the 90th, just because by that point all the people, all the casuals are like already leaving. So maybe yeah. if you do it in the 80th when people are all still there. Plus, it's like if, I think it really does you can't provide really a difference. Go, yeah, you can't really go in the 90th minute. Yeah, you, you're almost done. Yeah. you need to go from the 80th minute so you can. And get you can that feel the round, energy so. change in the stadium whenever it goes to where it gets loud. And oh, I'm sure the yeah. players yeah. feed off of it too. So I'm, they mm-hmm. probably appreciate it in the 80th minute too, as opposed to the ninth. Like in the Colorado game, for example, like you know they do it in the 90th minute. I was like, well, it feels like the game's already over now. <laughs> the other night it was fun still, and uh, but yeah, it's loud, and uh, I, l- I look forward to uh, whenever you know there's. I'm not going to say 100% because let's be honest, probably not going to happen anyway. But <laughs> whatever there's, you know, maybe 15, 16,000 people instead of 8,000, I think that place can get really loud with the new uh, the new setup down in the corner. Now that they're mm-hmm. not so secluded from everyone else in the beer garden. I know I know that y'all like the beer garden, but I think as far as sound goes that this uh, this is an improvement. But like I could be just because I sit close to them. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how people. Because you're biased. Yeah. Because you're biased. As that guy on Twitter told me, you know that all all they do is just complain and make noise for the sake of making noise. Like that's kind of the point <laughs> of a <laughs> just to make noise. <laughs> and he got really mad that I told him that maybe a minor league baseball game was more of the entertainment he was looking for. <laughs> If if he's looking for people in in costumes to run around the yeah, field, yeah, he was and mad about cursing that, too. So I was like, yeah, that's that's. Oh no! I was like, you can go watch the Lego Movie with your kids. I didn't tell him that. That would have been funny though. Did he did he uh, did he have a uh, uh, like a European jersey on by any chance? <laughs> yeah, he's the kind of dude was who he, wears his Latin Man United jersey when they play against the Galaxy. No. <laughs> well, all right. I guess we we pretty much hit on everything. Uh, who I will try to be. Uh, the reason it took a little while. I was really busy the week after the first game. And then Walter, you were out of town last week, right? I was, was in Vegas, turning up. Hell yeah! So uh, make sure y'all donate yeah. some money to Walter. He lost it all on. I lost it. <laughs> I lost it all on black. The the salary that I got from this damn show, I rolled it all on black. He's oh, actually recording no. live and from I lost a box it. right now. He. Bet the mortgage too, and uh, you know. In, in case you can't tell, there's a lot of bouncing around in this plastic container that I'm having to sit in. Unfortunately, <laughs> so if you guys can go ahead, I'll if you DM me on Twitter, <laughs> I'll give you the. Video. I need my money back. <laughs> I'll start a GoFundMe. Pro tip: Pro tip: Do not do not bet it all on black. 
we'll start a GoFundMe where fifty percent of the proceeds will go to Gio Savarese's medical expenses, and the other <laughs> half will go to Walter's uh, Walter's now destroyed bank account. Oh my God, Vegas is brutal. It was fun, but brutal. Vegas, uh, when when Vegas gets an MLS team, that'll be a uh, that'll be a fun uh, a fun road trip for a lot of fans and a lot of players. Oh, I think yeah. too. I can't believe the NBA, be uh, NBA, whatever. If the NBA ever put a team in Vegas, oh man! If I were a betting man, which I am, I would pretty much bet on the Vegas home team every game, just because the players rolling in, the road players are going to be out <laughs> partying pretty hard the night before. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, anything that I, I missed on that you guys want to touch Joe? on, Joe? Joe, you, Joe, you good? Man? No, I'm good. Just uh, Houston. Saturday, two thirty. Tune in. Tune. Remember, uh, remember to flush your toilet so you can give a Houstonian some fresh water to drink. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, zoning laws or something. I don't know what's the Houston joke there. Uh, Houston sucks. That's all I have to say to end it off. And, uh, Houston sucks. And uh, two to one FC Dallas. Matt Hedges coming on as a sub in the ninetieth minute winner. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace. All right. Peace. Peace, Peace, everybody.